Show. That's my open? That's what they used to call me, Swivel Hit Bradford. That's my open. I'm okay. waiting for you to so justify what? your stupid opinion. Bradford Show. That's delicious. All right, let's go. Here we go. Baseball's back. Yeah. Bradford Show has been going on for a couple weeks, but it was basically all a springboard to what is happening now. We promised that it would be back, and we are a... Are we are men of our promises? That's Brian Barrett. We delivered. I what think. happens when you get excited, Brian? McFarland. There you McFarlane. go. McFarland. This is the Bradford Show, sponsored, powered by our good friends at McFarland Energy. McFarland. McFarland. Everyone's yelling McFarland. We had a caller call up the other night. Oh yeah. He's yelling show. McFarland. So everyone, when people get excited, they're yelling McFarland, and people are excited because the great game of baseball is back. Matt's here behind the glass. He is so excited. Oh my goodness. I couldn't be more excited, Brad. I've been waiting all year for baseball. You've been, and listen, this moment where you're producing, where the three of us are together, where we're talking about baseball, not talking about lockouts, but poor RIP, poor a 40 out for Evan Drellick, right? Poor Evan. Let's just pray for, pray for Evan. Pray, <laughs> pray for, for Evan. Evan. I've been telling Barrett for weeks to talk Super 2s, and he has just refused. We, no. I'm glad to get some no. baseball and talk. We don't have to talk about the minutiae of the of the labor negotiation. We can talk about free agency. And as I told Andy and Fitzy, the great thing, what we're finding out now, and Brian, you can weigh in on this, six, and everyone you. can, 617, you may. You're my sidekick, Steven Janowski. 617-779-7937. But as I was telling um, Fitzy and Andy, what we have to understand is how awesome this is going to be, which is because you have a deadline. Now, you don't have a deadline of saying they have to sign guys and you have to make the trades, a firm deadline that is on the baseball calendar. But what you do have is a deadline in the sense of if you want to play the game of baseball this season, you're probably better off signing sooner than later. It does feel, Brian, like a whole lot like the weeks leading up to the trade deadline. And I know people are like, oh, my goodness. What is happening? There is no activity in the first two hours after the labor piece. No, I mean, just give it some time, and we're already seeing this. You can rattle off the deals, right? You have a deal with the Rangers and Twins. You have Kikuchi signing with the Blue Jays, which, oh, my goodness, what a terrible signing. Three years, awful. No, uh, it's a good signing for the Red Sox. Good for, good for the Red Sox. So far, <laughs> everything's breaking the Red Sox way. Clayton Kershaw re-signs with the Dodgers. Um, and there's going to be more. There's probably be more as this show unfolds, which, by the way, as this show unfolds, we will also have boots on the ground. Lou Merloni from Fort Myers call in at about 420. So doesn't it feel like that, Brian? Doesn't it feel as we sit here like, yes, this is what we're talking about. Here we go. You actually not only get baseball back, not only do you get the blurry pictures of people down in Fort Myers, but you actually get the transactions of that would come with the last couple of weeks of a trade deadline. Yeah, it's very exciting. Uh, the one thing that I'm not excited about is last night, and you mentioned this with Andy and Fitzy as well, that Carlos Rodon's going to the San Francisco Giants, which is somebody the Red Sox certainly could have used in that rotation. That was a lottery ticket I definitely would have played if I was high and blue. It's not like it was a big contract. It was two years for 44 mil with a player option, so it was definitely a risk worth taking. So now we're waiting for Correa, and Freeman apparently is in talks with the Dodgers, and then you have Suzuki and Jorge Soler, who the Red Sox have been linked to both those guys, which obviously they need another outfielder. We talked about that the other night. Well, they need a right-handed hitting outfielder. Yeah, and Soler matches that, although he is absolutely atrocious in the field. Well, that's the, He does drop bombs. So this is this is one of the subtle things, is that in they bring people around here are bringing up Kyle Schwarber, right? So 
and I understand why. Kyle Schwarber's a good baseball player. He's a good hitter. He can adequately pay, play a couple of positions. But one of the subtle things about what happened when it came to this, this resolution is that you have the universal DH. And I don't think people understand how much this impacts a lot of guys, impacts a lot of teams. And we're going to see it with Kyle Schwarber. You've doubled the market, Brian. You've doubled the market for guys like Schwarber. And you can't tell me if the Red Sox have interest in Jorge Soler that the price didn't just go up because there's not National League teams interested in them now, right? Yeah, and I think that really does, and that's probably a big part of the reason that you didn't see Schwarber sign prior to the lockout is because he was waiting for some of those other teams in the National League because now he's going to get a bigger deal because let's face the reality those National teams National League teams in the past weren't looking for that type of player like Kyle Schwarber they needed to utilize him somewhere in the field and when you look at a guy like Soler it does make a lot of sense you bring another power bat to the Red Sox offense where he hit 27 home runs a season ago now the average is never going to be there but he hits absolute rockets too he would be third on this team in hard hit rate, balls over 95-plus miles an hour. So he brings a power element to this team, and now that you bring in a guy like Jackie Bradley Jr. back in the Renfro deal, you do have a guy that can come in late in games, and I know we're getting ahead of ourselves thinking about the postseason, but you do have that combination of a really good fielder and a guy that can drop bombs. So we'll see where that goes in the next couple of days. And the other thing I'd look at, too, is this is something that you and I have both been harping on. They have got to upgrade the bullpen. And yeah, so they're what, in on Colin McHugh. Okay, great. So yeah, he's good though, Rob. No, no, he he, really he's, no, he's good. And but you know, when you come to when Andy and Fitzy asked me about Tanner Houck and Garrett Redlock, and I really tried to get my head around this because that's what I do. I sit in a dark corner, stare at a wall, and say, "What would they do with Garrett Redlock and, and Tanner Houck?" And I do love the idea. I love the idea. And you with a bullpen. If you really want to strengthen the bullpen, you put both those guys there and you get a starter. Oh, now now you're speaking my language, Rob. I, I completely agree with there you. There you go. I like Hulk and Whitlock remaining in the bullpen. Hulk was much better for this team when he was out of the bullpen last year. It's that weapon that Core obviously can use in the postseason, but in the regular season as well. Because here's the question that I would pose. Everybody that brings up Tanner Hulk being a starter. Well, we know what the numbers are the third time through the order. They're not good, right? So what would you rather have with Tanner Hulk this upcoming season? Him pitching three times a week and throwing two innings and facing the order one time through, or him pitching one time a week and only pitching four innings. It just feels like the answer is obvious. Tanner Houck well, should be coming out of the it, damn it, bullpen. Yeah, it, it, yes. Preach, my brother. Let's go. <laughs> well, I, I just don't get it. I, mean, I don't know why people, hey, why the, do we need The lockout's over. The lockout's over, Matt. The lockout's over. We have Brian Barrett screaming and yelling. It's about time. It's about time. This is, I feel like this is the moment. This is the moment where you're saying, give me a break. Put Tanner Houck in the bullpen. By the way, let yes. me set the scene for this show. Can oh, I? Awesome. Yeah, okay. set the scene. Scene right. setter. I love scene all right. setters. All right. People can weigh on in. We have Jeff from Watertown is going to be up in a second. 617-779-7937. By the way, all the all the notable people are out there talking about the Bradford show, right, Matt? Do we have this? We have in a flurry, just out of nowhere. They heard the show was on today after the pandemic. We have who what's the order of this? Well, so the middle one's a little bit uh it was Napoli. So it goes it goes Poppy, Napoli, Devers. All right, this is how excited people are. This is this is this is pa- David Ortiz, Mike Napoli, and Rafael Devers. Bradford show. From whatever the hell. <laughs> oh my goodness! The electricity okay. the coming from one, all three of them. The best one is Napoli. Can we play that again? Just from whatever the hell. 
Let's play all three of them again. Everyone sit back and enjoy the, the enthusiasm that's coming with three very notable people from Red Sox history. Rack for show. Bro, coach, whatever the hell. Bro, coach. The Devers one's the best. The be- absolutely no, right. no, Napoli's the uh, best. All right, anyway. Napoli's better, man. So let's set the scene. 617-779-7937. Uh, get to your calls in a second. They take a quick break. Then Lou Merloni is going to be calling in for Fort Myers. He was down there on a junket, also a scouting mission. Um, and boots in the ground, Lou. When we have boots in the ground in Fort Myers, we're gonna we're gonna take full advantage of it because there's no other show, there is no other radio entity, there's no other terrestrial, non-terrestrial audio version of baseball that has boots in the ground in Fort Myers right now is giving live reports, and we'll give live reports. By the way. All the live long day once I get down there on Tuesday. But today it is Lou Maloney's uh, um, chance, and he is very excited, as you can tell from his Twitter account. Uh, yes, I want to get a take on Marcelo Mayer from him. Oh, ooh, we like when Lou talks about, you know, quick twitch muscles. Yep. Hand, hands. Middle infielder. Hands, how he We're turned the double play. Language, yeah. There you go. So we got Lou Maloney coming up. And, and, and as a bonus, if, if that isn't good enough, with the calls and the conversation and Lou Maloney at five o'clock, one of our favorites going back a few years, one of the, the guys that everyone, ever since he was drafted, everyone talked about in this organization. Dylan Kobe. No. Oh. Durbin Feldman makes his triumphant return oh. to the Bradford show. Nice. Durbin Feldman. Remember him? Yes, he was funny. the guy that was going to pitch in the major leagues right out of the gate. A uh, great stuff. We I always love watching him play in spring training. Had a great year last year. Worcester, Pawtucket, and now everyone thought he was going to be picked in the Rule Five draft, and I believe he would have been. He would have been with another organization right now, but they've wiped out the Rule Five draft. Durbin Feldman's back with the Red Sox. Durbin Feldman, my prediction is going to be pitching at Fenway Park this year. There you yeah, go. I mean, you look at he was much better when he went. From double A AA to triple A, which ordinarily you don't see, right? Like his numbers were much better last year when he got to the higher level. I get there's a lot of good prospects in double A, but I mean, I want to ask him, like, what changed? His because- brand has never been hotter, and it's only getting hotter because he's coming on at five o'clock. And I mean, then, enhance your brand. And then our guy, Coop, our guy, Coop, Coop, part of, part of the family here. Coop is going to be calling in as I think it's going to be a regular segment, which is the top three social media moments. Uh, baseball moments from the week, which there's a lot to choose from. The last couple times we've had to do college baseball, a lot of college baseball, Savannah Bananas, that sort of thing. But they're including, by the way, holy mackerel, Justin Turner rocking the baseball isn't boring shirt, the same one that is on Brian Barrett's Tinder account. Yeah, I got to say, I look more ripped than him, for sure. Oh, I mean, could you simulate getting He had a Maserati. He's, He's taking his equipment at Dodgerland out of his Maserati with his Baseball Isn't Boring t-shirt, which you can get at swingjuice.com. And you can go to the BB Isn't Boring Twitter account run by all of us. And Baseball Isn't Boring Twitter, uh, I'm sorry, t-shirt on Justin Turner as he's getting his equipment to start his 2022 season, getting it out of the Maserati. I want to simulate that with Brian Barrett. What kind of car do you have? Not a Maserati. Okay, all right. Well, we'll do our best. I'll see if I, I think that's out of my price. Range. All right, all right. Let's go to Jeff in Watertown. Hey, Jeff, what's going on? Hey, guys. Happy baseball. Happy um, baseball to you, my friend. So, so uh, you know, I've been, the thing I've been thinking about is is Bogarts. I mean, it seems clear that we have to trade him. Um, and I, and it's you know, and I agree with you. I love this this three week, you know, excitement, this period. And, and I to me, it feels like you know, do it soon. Get get him out of the way. 
this way we know what you know we have to do it. And it's funny because I I like Bog- you know Bogarts was not somebody I liked initially when he first came up. I didn't think he was a shortstop, and he's still not a great shortstop. I didn't think he was the leader, the kind of person he turned out to be. And so it's, it's nothing about him. It's just that you know he's going to opt out. He's going to be gone. Uh, we have to figure out what to do. Uh, moving players around, who's going to play, you know. So I just feel like we have to do it and, uh, and um, you know, and just get it done quickly. On the other hand, J.D. Martinez, who would be a guy you think you could trade because now, like you said, there's twice as many teams that might need a DH. I kind of think he's going to have a big year. I mean, he, he has to prove himself. He's going to, you know, need a contract next year. Um, and I think you still need that kind of slugger in the middle mm. who who just, you know, scares people. And, and, and so to me, it's like, you know, trade Bogarts, get it done quickly. You're probably going to have to pick up, uh, you know, a middle-of-the-road shortstop for a couple of years. Uh, but but go ahead and do it. Get it done. You know, pull the Band-Aid off, and, and let's go from there. I mean, I just you you know, know, I don't see any other way. Jeff, I wanna, before you go, I, I agree sure. with both things that you said. Number one, don't be kicking J.D. Martinez out of town so quick just because there's a market for him. Because this is one thing that I've said this a million times. They undervalued when David Ortiz left. They said, everyone's going to be better. We will make up for it. No, you need that guy in the middle of the order. You need that guy to basically like let everyone get better around him. And I do believe J.D. Martinez is still that guy. And also with Xander Bogarts, someone has to explain to me. I, I want I would love to write a story and maybe I will that says I want Xander Bogarts to be here to be a guy who wears a Red Sox uniform for the entirety of his career. But someone has to explain to me how this could possibly happen. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, he wants to play right field. I mean, it's just not, you, know, you got you got Marcel Mayer. You, you you know you got him. You know you got Devers. You can't. I mean. You could maybe consider putting Devers at first, but you can't because you have Tristan Cassis coming up. Um, and if you're going to, you know, play and by the way, third, and, and Jeff, Devers, Devers could be gone the next year too. I mean, the yeah, timing for them is be. terrible. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I, I think they're both going to be gone. Um, you know, unless Tristan Cassis turns out to be a bust and then you put Devers at first. I mean, Devers is not going to DH, I don't think. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a puzzle. It's a weird puzzle because, you know, things don't, don't line up nicely, but. What are you going to do? But I think the first thing is just, you know, rip the Band-Aid and, and trade Zander and, and go from there. Well, we'll so. find out, Jeff. Always good talk with you. Let's go to Allison in Cambridge real quick before we do a trending. Don't want to leave Allison on hold while Lou Maloney joins us next. Allison, oh, how you doing? We should not trade Zander. And that I just can't believe the way people are thinking about things. When we when Theo was here, there were certain players that he had in our minor league system. Like we had a lot of shorts up, we had a lot of outfielders or whatever, and that could use for trade bait. Every team has the thing they have most of. Xander, the thing is, after the strike and everything, that Xander is the leader of our team. He's the one who got Rafi to really buy in and be a great player. That everyone loves him, and we're a big. I'm not going to call them small market teams. They're miserly teams, and then there's the other teams. The good teams, the decent teams that love the game. I mean, this is ridiculous. I mean, we should be allowed to have the players that we love, and we shouldn't be thinking about who's coming up in the minor league system. I mean, if that's where we're thinking, then the owners of the game have won. They've won because we're thinking about money and cost effectiveness. What the? F- I, I feel like saying the F word. I'm just, I, I can't believe what's happening. 
I mean, that we should enjoy our team. I mean, we should enjoy that baseball's back, and Xander's a big part of it. And I feel like really good, and I think the organization knows this too, that with the strike, with, with the lockout, rather, it's not a strike, it's a lockout, that we have to, that, and the pandemic and everything, we should be able to have nice things. We should be able to have players that we love who are good players. And, and the thing is, what I think about this area is that, I mean, Tom Brady, the way people are talking about Mac Jones, that if, if Tom Brady, after the first year, if he didn't win a Super Bowl, people would be, the way people are thinking now, I, I, I just... I don't understand what's the way people are thinking. It has to do with enjoying the game. It's not just about winning championships. It's about loving the people who do it. It's about wanting people who can play here. Who knows whether Carlos Correa can play here? You assume because of his, the way he – I'm just I, – I, I'm speechless. Allison, that, that, that may have been your best call of all time. I really appreciate that. I am going to transcribe that and submit it to the Globe for an op-ed because that is, that is excellent. Excellent job, Allison. <laughs> Uh, all right, call back next week. But yes, I appreciate the passion. I appreciate almost swearing. When you almost swear, like that, you that knows it's genuine, and that knows that's a good call. I clenched slightly. Did you? I got I got to be aware of it because of the dump button. But she, when you, she, when she you held make, up. When you when you make Matt clench like just a little bit, you get a little tense. That's what you want. All right. We speaking of being a little tense, Brian Barrett's got a trending. Crash and Keith, weekdays 10 to 2. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. The Bees at home tonight for a date with the Coyotes. Puck drops at 7. The Seas have won 16 of their last 18 after topping the Pistons 114-103 on Friday. They'll host the Mavericks and Luka Doncic on Sunday afternoon. Kevin Garnett's going to get his jersey retired after the game. The Revs host Real Salt Lake tonight. The Hut Stove, we were just talking about it. It's back, baby. Fox Sports reports the Red Sox are among the teams in on Jorge Soler. 27 home runs last year, splitting time with the Royals and the Braves. He, of course, was the World Series MVP, Brad. I don't know if you know that. Three home runs in the World Series. Odyssey insider John Heyman reports the Sox among five teams in pursuit of Japanese outfielder Sahe Suzuka. Suzuki. rather. The other clubs are the Mariners, the Dodgers, the Giants, and the Cubs. So a lot of West Coast teams, the Red Sox and the Cubs. In on Suzuki. Martin Perez signing with the Rangers. One year, $4 million. He, of course, lost his spot in the rotation last year. Perez Day apparently is over, so we're never going to have that again here in Boston. Carlos Rodon signing a two-year $44 million deal with the Giants. He posted a 237 ERA last year with Chicago, which the Red Sox are in on him. Clayton Kershaw back to the Dodgers, a one-year deal. He only made 22 starts last year. Odyssey insider John Heyman reports the Blue Jays signing Yusei Kakuchi to a three-year $36 million deal. Kakuchi posted a 441 ERA last season. I don't know what the hell the Blue Jays are doing, but that's good for the Red Sox. The NFL, Adam Schefter reports the Cowboys trading wide receiver Amari Cooper in a six-round draft pick to Cleveland for a 2022 fifth-round pick and a six-round pick. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. Let's get down, let's get down to business. Let's go. Let's go, Brian. Brian Barrett. I'm ready, man. I'm ready to go. All right, here we go. A lot of people fired up. That call from Allison. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I disagree with her, but I enjoy her passion. Uh, <laughs> I completely disagree with you her. You are such take. a passionate person. I disagree with her, but I enjoy her passion. Come on, Barrett. Let's go. Lockout's over. You, Baseball. I like her t- and you know I what? I like her passion. You know how, I know, you know how I know baseball's over? Because we got boots on the ground, Lou, down in Fort Myers. Let's go. Lou, what's going on? Lou Maloney on the Harbor One Hotline. What's happening? Rob, Brian, how are you guys doing? Good, man. This is scratching right where you itch. You said it at the outset of the day. <laughs> um, yep. And uh, you walked onto campus, the JetBlue campus today. How did it feel, Lou? 
it was awesome. It was nice until the rain sort of ruined my day a little bit. With they had some inner squad games going on at noon, so it was um, just watched a couple innings and the rain came down. So it was, uh, but it's fun. It's good. A lot of minor leaguers are out there. So obviously, I heard you guys talking about Mayor. He was out there. He didn't play in today's game. I watched him take live BP and he took every pitch, just tracking. And I'm like, really? I wanted to be like, hey, can you just take a couple swings? Like, I only got a couple days down here. You know what I mean? So if you had, besides Mayor Lou, like who, who would it be yeah. before we get to the major leaguers? Because the major leaguers trickled in. I see all the terrible photos from people, you know, like there's Nick Pavetta from 500 yards away. Um, Jackie Bradley talked. He was, he found out he was traded at the Mookie Betts wedding. Um, so their guys yeah. were trickled in. But if for the guys, for the minor leaguers there, who would be the guy besides Mayor who you'd say, that's the guy I want to see or a couple guys? Well, I, I was I saw York um, take some ground balls and and get some uh, lives at bat. He ended up just walking, whatever. In the inner squad, um, he's just a different body that I just imagined. He's just a strong kid. He's stocky. And I think he's a big difference maker. Yeah, he is. Like he's he's a stocky kid. Blaze Jordan was another one. For a strong kid, he's not very big. Like he's like thick, but you know his arms. I'm like, there's some growth there. I'm like, that kid can get a little bit stronger, I would imagine. And Cass is just walking around as a monster. So I was excited even before the lockout to come down to this weekend because I, I just wanted to watch some of these guys in the minors that I'd never seen before. Like I, when I come down here, it's like you know I don't sit around and watch Chris Sale throw a bullpen. You know what I mean? Or watch Xander hit. Like I want to watch the guys I don't I haven't seen yet. I haven't put eyes on yet. So I've always enjoyed coming down there when I do. I usually look for the young kids I haven't seen before and just to try to just get a first look on them. Lou, you look at Hein Bloom now, obviously a lot of decisions to make. I would have liked him to go after Carlos Rodon. Obviously, he's going to San Francisco. I heard yep. you mention the other day some of the guys from Oakland, Frankie Montas, Sean Manaya. Do you think he'll add a starting pitcher before this is all said and done? Well, I hope so. And I, and I hope it's in a trade because the free agent market, I, I wasn't crazy, but I thought – Rodon would have been a nice shot. Like I think you call him a lottery ticket. Um, I do think that price is more than a lottery ticket. That's like you said, for that kind of oh money, you better goodness. be really he good. He got paid, right? Help. He got paid. Yeah, is right. So I, I don't think the answer is in free agency. That's why I kind of look at the trade. You know what I mean? The reality is you lost Erod. You haven't replaced him yet. So um, I like to get a guy in that range that can sit behind, you know, Evaldi and Sale. And I think all three of those guys out in Oakland, you know, can do that. So as far as a starting pitcher goes, which I think they need. Um, hopefully it can be done during trade, and that sort of allows that flexibility of what I heard you guys talking earlier with what you can do with some of these guys that can give you multiple innings. Like if you could start the April with Hauk and Whitlock, um, you know, and even, you know, Walker kind of playing the, the Andres kind of role length and maybe a loss, I think you're in good shape. Yeah, and that's been the talk down there, obviously. Like there's two conversations with Garrett Whitlock and Tanner Houck. Number one, who would win in a race? But like you said, and I, I'm Brian and I are in the same boat, and I think you are too. Like if you put those two in the bullpen, like you, you've got a long way to fixing what probably is your biggest question mark, right? Yeah, I mean, I think pitching is right now the biggest question mark to me. Like a starting pitcher and a back end bullpen guy to allow you to be as flexible as possible with those guys. Like it's. We always get this. People get, get so impatient at times, and I understand that over 162 games. But if you could start the month of April and or even into May and kind of just use Hauk and Whitlock kind of in this perfect role of multiple innings out of the bullpen, first off, I think it's going to be desperately needed in the month of April. It's getting more and more so like that in the game. Um, but there's nothing to say that Tanner Hauk is not in your rotation 
um, by like June, you know what I mean? Or May and just locked in in there the entire time. And maybe even Whitlock, even though I, I, I don't know if I see that happening, but you know, but if you can start the year with those guys, kind of minimize some of the innings um, on their arms and, and use them in that extremely valuable role in the game today. I, I think that's, that's what it's all about to me. So get another starting pitcher, get a one, like another back end arm, you know, um, and then you can use those guys any way you want. So the biggest when we when people start sitting on the bench, and now I guess the bench has been moved, low, correct? He's been moved in front of the clubhouse. Big news. Instead of the all the way in the end of the yeah, bench. and you can no longer go into the area where they used to be. So it's like, it's like trespassing now. Oh, you is get it really? Is there any other changes? I mean, yeah. Like when's the clubhouse open? Yeah. Are you going to be down? Are you, when are you taking coming back tomorrow? Yeah, we're coming back tomorrow. I think Alex is going to talk tomorrow around eleven o'clock. So. Um, I you know I, don't, I think the clubhouse is probably normal. I don't even know okay. what time it's going to open up tomorrow. I got to check that, but no, they just moved the area where the guys talk. That's and, all. And, and everyone's all a buzz about it. But every when they sit down on that bench, we always have the biggest storylines. And right now, I think probably the top one, despite all the the, the roster construction, and everything, it's still going to be Bogarts. I mean, you're basically going into a contract year for him. Um, the 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 avenues where you bring him back seem limited Lou am I off target in this like I'm just looking at it and saying I just as much as I want this guy to be a Red Sox for the rest of his career I just don't see the path for it to happen yeah it's a lot more complicated than people I think are even talking about you know because he's not a he's not a good shortstop anymore you know not that he ever really was but so it's one of those things where, like, how much am I going to pay for him to go play second base? Like, do I want to dive into that that area, which I, th- I think that they could. You know, it's just 10, 12 years. Like, I don't know, what is he looking for? I mean, this whole thing, it's, like, scary. It's like you get a great player. Endeavors is another one. And it's like, okay, you got to give him what, a 401K retirement plan to keep him here long term. So, but he's not a shortstop. You know, so does he go to third? Does he go to second? When does that happen? It's tough to do it the last year of a deal before you have him locked up. I mean, obviously, whoever gives him a 10-year deal can sit there and say, yeah, you're our shortstop next year. Now we're going to move you to second and third. We just paid you. But it is, it's a lot more complicated than people want to admit. You know, and it's going to be tough because it's going to be, you know, Mookie just left. You can't let Xander leave when, you know, maybe the play is actually signing Correa and trading him. And I know that's going to piss off your last caller, but that, you know, that's <laughs> Allison, always an oh my, Have you ever heard Al- I, Allison's always passionate about, oh, my goodness. Yeah. And it's not like when I say the best way, it's like it's not like anybody wants to give up Xander Bogarts, but it's like what are you going to do? You know, next year's free agency market isn't really very good at all. So, you know, he's going to be like one of the key guys in that market. Like they're all gone already, so he's going to be just sitting there um, being like the number one guy. And you, know, you can bring him back, but you still need a shortstop, in my well, opinion. Well, let me let me bring up the Correa thing because that obviously factors in here. How much do you think that the Marcelo Meyer situation? I know that Allison was was apoplectic about you know how dare we prioritize minor leaguers, but listen, this kid is a number four pick in the draft. They just don't haven't had these sort of guys. Everyone believes that he's going to be a foundational guy down the road. That's when that is. Who knows? But if you sign Correa to play shortstop for 10 years and then you have to make a decision on Devers and then you also have Nick York in the mix at second, like all of this has to factor in when you just say, oh, you know what, just go replace uh, Xander Bogarts with Carlos Correa. Yeah, no, I, I agree. But, you know, if you sign a guy to a 10-year deal, 
you're hoping Meyer is that good to where, you know, Correa now goes to third four years from now. Whatever, dude, you're getting $35 million. Zip it. I don't want to hear it. Go to third base, <laughs> right? I mean, so it's like this is like this is your last year of your career. It's not like you're a 25-year-old kid. We're changing positions. You know what I mean? You're, you're in your early 30s. So whatever it is, so it's like we're making this move, and hopefully you get to that point. Meyer's the only one that really kind of planned on the future, you know, down that road three or four years away, maybe whatever it might be, because the other guys, like even like the whole Devers thing, moving the first, well, you got Casas, and it's like, yeah, whatever. Devers is a better hitter than Casas. I don't know what to tell you, you know, and if that's if, – if so I, I'm not counting on him. Maybe Casas gets moved to the arm you need. I have no idea, and he's a very good player, and you need guys like that. York the same way, so he could factor in. He could also be moved, so – you know, but Meyer, I think, is just a different animal, and especially with the way people kind of talk about him and just kind of just seeing the way he kind of walks around, carries himself. So I'm doing some, like, defensive stuff today. Um, it's just – it's impressive. But Correa, again, if you sign him, who say he can't move in three or four years to third base? And now you're really loaded in the left side. Yeah, I'm with you, Lou. And it's stability in the middle of the lineup, and we don't know what's happening with Bogarts or Devers long-term, so I'm completely with you on that. Uh, just changing, uh, changing subjects real quickly – in terms of adding a third outfielder, we saw reports today that they're in on Soler. They're also in on Suzuki. You think they'll add one of those two? Uh, I'd like to get Suzuki. I mean, I think he's intriguing. You know, it's kind of like maybe it's just because of the unknown, you know, but I know he can play defense, and I think that's going to be very important uh, in the outfield at Fenway Park. I think it always is, especially if he's out there in right field. Um, so, but it's just it, that sort of, you just sort of, like, where does he want to play, right? Hey, if he wants to play in the West Coast, there's nothing you can do about it. Like, yeah. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen and you can't get him. I think they need an outfielder. Like after the arms, like the starter and, and the relief pitcher, I think they need a starting outfielder. You know, the bottom line is I just didn't believe, I, I don't think, in uh, Renfro, you know, like that it's sustainable. I don't know. He had a good year, but they wanted the kid, Benayas, um, the, the, you know, the third base prospect, they pick up Jackie. But I just don't – I don't see Jackie as an everyday player. Like, I could see him as an out, a very good fourth outfielder in the big leagues. You know, he goes from a very good fourth outfielder to a guy not, not that good of a starter, right? I mean, so outfield is the one position that – I think you really need, and that's what, you know, the first best versatility, rather, of a guy like Kike Hernandez kind of comes into play as well. All right, Lou, tomorrow you're there. What time's your flight? Uh, I know, it's like 2 o'clock. Oh, you'll get like there. That. You'll, see, you'll squeeze in the core at press conference. So you sit there, yeah, Cora. No, I, think you're always... bringing, I think I'm bringing my bags with me that's, to the field. Uh, listen, you're prepared go from there. for everything. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm talking about. But – you you're yeah. always good. Like you you're usually down there at that time where Alex Cora has his first press conference. This time it just happens to be you know very uh, very much later than normal. But when Alex Cora sits there and you're amongst the media members in that semicircle around him, you're always good about asking a good question. Tomorrow you go into it because this is what reporters always have their questions. What is your question, to Alex Cora? Oh, geez, you put me in the spot. Well, I don't this know is right like now. this is. I'm pre-gaming. I'm, listen, I'm, I'm workshopping your Look, question. This is what he does every time a mom. I'm workshopping. Let's go. I oh mean, my god! Start yeah. start the wheels uh, turning. If if Alex Cora came up to you right now and said, hey, you know, what what do you got? I mean, on the record, because obviously he's gonna have to talk into the microphone. So, what do you got? Um. I don't know. I don't know. Right now, I, I think my first question would be like, how valuable was those two or three weeks? you know, um, being able to watch some of these kids in the minor leagues because mm. that was one of the benefits I think he had had and some of this big league staff had had is the last two or three weeks to only kind of watch and, and help really help these kids as well. Watch guys like Mayer, watch guys like York and Cassis. He's probably got a better look at these guys than he ever would if there was a normal camp. Probably a better look than he's had in probably two or three years 
on some of these rookies that he has you know been able to see in the last two weeks um, since these guys have if, been down. If, here. And Lou, so, if you ask um, that, you know the name he's going to mention. Because remember last year he mentioned Garrett Whitlock, and everyone's like, "Oh, wait a second, what, what yeah. happened, Garrett Whitlock? Who's that?" And the name yeah. he's going to mention is a guy named Christian Voss. That's the name he's going to mention. He's going to be like, he's really impressed me. That is, I guarantee yeah, you, well, that's, yeah. that's the kid who came over from, I believe, in the Polaric trade from Colorado. Yeah. So. I think you're going to have to help me on this one, Rob. And Brad, uh, I think, and, and, and Barrett, you might know too. Who's the lefty that shined, the 23-year-old lefty in A-ball? Came back after the Tommy John. Um, I saw him throw a bullpen today. Bro? Walters, is that his name? Oh, Walter, Brandon no, 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 Walter. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that lefty, I saw him throw today. And this is a guy, I talked to Bob Kipper, who was his pitching coach down at Greenville, talking about like putting himself on a radar. I know he's 23, but this is one thing we're going to realize. These kids, some of these kids missed an entire year. So, you know, rather than being a 21-year-old kid, you know, in A-ball, you know, he missed a year of COVID and then came back and was dealing with some stuff. But like last year, just like ridiculous. Like 90, he was throwing 89, 90, 91. All of a sudden he comes back, he's stronger, he's healthy after Tommy John. After missing a year in baseball, he's throwing 94, 95, 96 miles an hour with movement everywhere. Sinker, slider. Like, he's he's a guy that put himself on the radar. Yeah, you know what him. about him? Bill. And I think Gammon's reported this was uh, the Hansel Robles trade. When they when the Minnesota was asking for, they were asking for him. over. And they ended up trading yeah. this guy, Alex Scherf, but they ended up asking for him. I mean, he's abs- good polo. Excellent job. Yeah. No, he's 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 a guy that, you know, like I said, was in Greenville, right? And you're like, dude, he's 23 and A-ball. What the hell? But so everything's thrown off with these minor leaguers, right, age-wise. It's like, well, what's he in baseball years? You know, and that's what they're kind of hearing that a little bit, like baseball years, because he missed a lot of time. So this is a guy that could be A-ball, double-A, you know, triple-A. Like, could be one of those pitches that sort of go through a lot of levels here this year because I think, I think they're that high on him. He's pretty impressive. Any good stories from last night? No, not, nothing great. We just had a nice little dinner, a little, uh, you know, out at the uh, fireplace a little bit afterwards. Oh. I was talking trash about throwing BP to everybody today um, once we, you know, on the field, but they wouldn't allow me. So, um, but it was fun. It was right. fun. Took one off the net today. A couple oh, off the nice. Wall. There you go. Before you leave, yeah, maybe on the way to the place. airport, swing by, say say hi to my good friends at Twin Peaks, please. I know, so. Oh, yeah, Twin Peaks. <laughs> There's a sign out there saying, Rob, when are you coming? We're Hurry up. We're supporting the local economy, Lou. That's what we're doing. Yeah, baseball is back, and so is Rob Bradford. <laughs> Can't wait. There you go. All right, Lou, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll be anxious to uh, see what you report tomorrow morning, and I uh, look forward to seeing uh, your stuff this week coming up on Marloni and Fourier. All right, appreciate it, Lou. All right, guys. All right. You got it. Have a good night. All right. Thanks, Lou. Thanks, Lou, Lou Maloney, Maloney and Fourier Show. Catch him every day, 2 to 6, or every day five days a week what do you got no i was just gonna say that's a really interesting point too about the guys the minor league players because remember we just had that season where it was 60 guys at the alternate site or however many players mm-hmm. there were so there's a lot of guys that were left out of that well today basically lost a year of baseball today's your lucky day you know why why because at five o'clock we have one of those guys who may have been impacted by it we have durbin feldman coming on at five o'clock our guy coop is calling in five thirty with the three most viral moments from baseball and social media. And now, after this break, after... We're not doing a trending now. You already did your trending this hour. I did. You want another one? No, I do not. I absolutely do not want another one. Yeah, that wasn't my best But after this break, leading into the Durbin-Feldman interview, that is going to be your opportunity if you want. 617-779-7937. I can't remember a show where we've had two callers and two for two in terms of like, oh my goodness, both of them get A-pluses. Like, legit in different ways. 
between Jeff and Watertown and Allison and Cambridge. Excellent. Very passionate. People are all pent up. And now they're ready to cut loose. You could hear it in Lou's voice from down in Fort Myers. Couldn't you, Brian? Yeah, you could. Lou's yeah. ready to go. Uh, I can Lou's tell ready. He does not want to get on that plane back here, does he? Would you? No. Uh, no. <laughs> get to watch baseball every day in the sun? Come on. Well, I guess it's raining now. But uh, All right. 617-779-7937. I'm Rob Bradford. That's Brian Barrett. This is The Bradford Show. All right, excellent job, Matt. Sort of like, you know, scratching and easing into it. Playing the ones and the twos. Nice. Little MF Doom, is this not up your alley? Oh, I know, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm complimenting you. Appreciate it. I actually Googled, so this is Rob Bradford. That's Brian Barrett. That's Matt Durant, Beyond the Glass. I'm, Ro- um, I'm again, I'm Rob Bradford. This is the Bradford Show. We're talking baseball because it's awesome. And it's been a lot of fun to talk. It's never the same thing with Steve, and Steve Peralt uh, is on assignment. He's building his own podcast, doing a great job. I just texted him today. He'll be down to Fort Myers. But it's the same thing with, with Steve. It's the same thing with you, Brian, Matt. Like, you get here, and it's so easy to talk. There's a million different things to talk about. There's a million things to talk about. Yeah, and you forget some of the moves that happened pre Oh, we were, we were talking. Like I, I mean, like- it spilled over to the break. Besides you saying you're just going to lay low tonight, you're not going out. But I said, did you, did you see the James Paxton deal? The James Paxton deal, the Red Sox signed. People forget the Red Sox signed J- Big Maple. James yeah. Paxton. They have Big Fudge and Big Maple on the same team. Yeah, and maybe that's part of the reason they're not in on Rodon because you already signed a guy with, obviously, that's coming no, off. No, I think they don't, just don't want to pay the money. I mean, Rodon, you say it's a good contract. Well, okay, it's $21, million. I say I would do it to take no, a chance I mean, on a guy no, like Rodon. I, I'm, you and I are in the same boat. Okay, we like Carlos Rondon. We think it's a good fit. But um, someone, I think Terry Cushman, uh, direct messaged me on on Twitter today, and he said, "You realize that the most he spent, that Heim Bloom has spent on a player, is Jackie Bradley Jr." Well, yeah, and that's the interesting question to me, right? Because if I look at it now, do you think there'll be some negative feedback from the fan base if Bloom doesn't make some sort of splash? Well, whether it's we're, tr- we're starting to get that vibe, aren't we? Right, yeah. Because I mean, Lou mentioned it. It's a, the, the idea of trading for one of the A starters who are going to be out there, right? And then you start to think about other avenues, the Correa thing. And I've been in on that from day one. I know you disagree with me on the Correa thing, but I'd be after Correa. But if you don't land a big name guy or land a big target, I wonder if that starts to be come a narrative with Heim Bloom that he's doing the same thing that he was doing in Tampa. Yeah, I, that, the, it will become a narrative. Right, and especially if we go into the season well, and the is, team this takes is, a this step back. This is the thing, you know, like the, uh, who was it, Kravis, who was saying the interest kings, you know, this is what the interest, we're sort of getting that vibe now. And But he's going to do what he's going to do. And now he has the benefit of the doubt. He has the benefit of the doubt. With ownership. Well, with every yes. no, I I don't think the fan base. No, if they don't, no, no. If they don't sign I'm with some, you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay, I'm no. just saying like this is going to be a talking point if he doesn't bring in somebody but, that definitely upgrades the 2022 Red Sox. So are right now the 2022 Red Sox better than the 2021 Red well, Sox? Well, Vegas said they are. I saw the over under today. It was 85, and they were 80 last last year. It'll be yeah. Bad. Did you? I never bought into that over. No, last I mean, like, year. that was stealing money. Right, but like as much as people, as much as Erod became aggravating at times, he stepped up in that postseason game 
Actually, he pitched well in two postseason games. Well, no, he was bad against the Rays. He was good against the Astros. You still got to replace that. I mean, yeah, his numbers got inflated because the defense was so bad behind him last year. He had the worst defense in Major League Baseball. So here's the thing, Brian. You bring up a good point. I think it's a good talking point, which is how is Heimblum going to be perceived? Um, you know, publicly, everyone wants Correa. Everyone wants Trevor Story. Everyone wants these guys. And every time a guy gets signed by another team, is saying, "Wait, well, hey, what? What's going on? We're supposed to be the big market Red Sox." Now, that doesn't matter to Heim Bloom. What matters to Heim Bloom is that he doesn't have ownership down his neck, saying, "Hey, you know what? I think Carl Crawford's a good idea. I think John Lackey's a good idea. I think we should sign Crusado extension. You know, I think this and I think that. You know, which has happened with this ownership group in the past, but now." He has this ace in the hole, which is making the ALCS doing it his way. And let's be honest, it was his way where, yeah, you, you throw stuff against the wall and Garrett Richards and Martin Perez and Kike Hernandez and Hunter Renfro and all these guys and said, well, this, you, know how, you know how that ended up? We ended up in the ALCS. And if it wasn't for Laz Diaz, we would have been in the World Series. Boom. And maybe the sticky stuff for the Astros at the yeah, end of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, remember but, that? I mean, that yeah, was a debacle. But, this, but the point is, is that, no, I that he, has, he has earned, he has bought himself at least some time in doing it the way that he wants to do it. But now with the CBT going up, Rob, and people. It rip, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No, but it does to the fan base, not I to the know. ownership group. I'm telling you this. But I, he I doesn't care about the, the fan base. The, the, the only time he cares about the fan base is when the fan base Im- influences the ownership group, okay. which it has in the past. Okay. Because you know why it has influenced it? Because of ticket sales. This is the biggest thing, is that if, if it shows that business is bad because you're doing it a certain way, then that's when it gets uncomfortable. But last year... They sort of revitalized the business. We'll see how it goes this year. But you know what usually is good for business? Winning. That's it. Winning. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you on that. But let's just say the hypothetical is they don't land Correa. They don't land Ryan Tepera, which wouldn't be a big name. But they don't land some of these big guys. They don't make a trade for one of the A's starters or something along those lines. And the team takes a step back. Well, That's going to be on high bloom. If you win... Yeah, doesn't if matter. you win, it doesn't matter, Rob. Right. But do you think this team right now? No, if you take, a, to- if you, Alex, you, you're right. If you take a step back, if you take a step back in terms of lo- wins and losses, and you're doing it the same way, yes, it will get uncomfortable. This is a results business, right? It's, and- it's, just, it's just like in the first couple of weeks of August. Brian. Yeah, and this is my point, is you had an opportunity to go out there and get a good starter in Rodon. It doesn't seem like the Red Sox were in on him, so that means maybe you pivot via the trade market, as Lou pointed out, which is a good idea, because they need a starter at this point in time, because, okay, you have Avaldi at the front end, you have Sale, where we all know there's still question marks there, coming back from the Tommy John, had his ups and downs last year, and then third in the rotation is Pavetta. And then after that, you don't know what you're doing with Houck, in terms of is he going to be in the bullpen. We both think he should be in the bullpen, but after that, it's Rich Hill, who I believe benefited a lot with his numbers in Tampa because he had a good defense around him. And he's 42, and he's mm-hmm. injury-prone. There's a lot of question marks in that rotation. A lot of questions. And the bullpen. And the reseeding in the playoffs. Yes. I mean, uh, let's go to Chris issue. and Redding. Hey, Chris, what's going on? Gentlemen, have an initial question and then a follow-up, depending on your answer. First, the initial question, who is the face of the Boston Red Sox? Cora. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's Alex Cora. I mean, you, you want a player? Okay. I mean, Cora is the easy. Cora was to me the MVP of the team. Cora is the face of the, and I tried to squeeze in the Xander Bogarts as the face of Boston sports a couple of years ago. But right now, as we sit here, it has to be Alex Cora. Is that so? My my follow up question to you guys is that a good thing, or do we need a player who's the face of the franchise 
and can drive the the locker room and clubhouse uh, in that way. I think I, I, here's here's the thing. For, I think for driving the the team performance and the locker room, it doesn't matter because as long as you win, and the, you can like Tampa Bay. Obviously, everything points to Tampa Bay. Here's where it might matter, Chris, is that. When Mookie Betts was traded, one of the things that the ownership group was freaking out about was all the kids who wore Mookie Betts jerseys leaving that fan base. And that that's the problem. Right. No, I agree. I would, I mean, I was looking for a Cora jersey the other day, to be quite honest with you. I couldn't even find one. That's just just goes to show how much we're all on his side with that though is do you think that factors into what we do in free agency? If we're okay with Alex Cora being the face of the franchise, do we need a franchise player like Correa or a kind of a big splash? Or are we okay with just having Cora as our kind of lead and, and head of the organization? I think, and Chris, thanks for the call. We're going to go to a break, but it dovetails with what we're talking about. Exactly. We're exactly what we're talking about, Brian, which is they don't, I don't think they care. Like whose jersey, whose names on the back of the jersey, the souvenir shop, as long as they're winning right now. Like this isn't going to drive the bus in terms of this two weeks or three weeks of player acquisition. Yeah, well, I do think that Devers is a franchise player. The question is just whether or not he has he's under club control for one more year after this year. The question is, is he going to be here long term? Because that's definitely a franchise player. I mean, it's inarguable that he's one of the best five to six sluggers in the sport. I mean, that's how good he was last year. His numbers were absolutely out of this world. All right, well, speaking of numbers out of this world, we have a player who had a great year last year between Portland and Worcester, and I am is my pick to click, and we have a big announcement regarding this player and the show when he comes on, and that's at 5 o'clock, and that is Durbin Feldman. You all know him. He's on the, obviously he's been on the Bradford Show before, the Section 10 podcast. Everyone, he's been on everyone's radar for a while. He's going to be joining us live from Fort Myers right after this.